strong first half, a sloppy second, and a 23-point defeat to Port Adelaide becomes the first loss of the year for the Sydney Swans. This is True Bloods, the number one Sydney Swans fan podcast, and today on the show we will be discussing our review of the round two loss to Port Adelaide, the preview of the next game, the Battle of the Bridge against the Giants, and everything else Sydney Swans. My name is Tom Flanagan, and I'm joined tonight in the Podular Media Studio by Madison Clark and Ben Andrew. Ben Andrew. How are we, fellows? Unfortunately, after a great first half, the boys couldn't get it done on Sunday. Sadly not, Tommy. Mads, a bit disappointing, but uh, look, we'll, we'll uh, go through the analysis and take our talking points away and look forward to uh, next week against the GWAS, GWS. I, uh, I went to bed thinking, at least we're not 0-6, at least we're not 0-6, <laughs> because it's been worse, boys, um, and a week's a long time in footy. As we know, so hopefully we can uh, we can bounce back. Battle of the Bridge, I really like that. I've always really liked mm, that. I think mm, that the crosstown clash. We can make that a bit of a thing because I think they've tried, but it's just never really gotten there. So it, it'll be a cracker, though, won't it? It's it's going to be a big one on Saturday against the GWS Giants. But first things first, we'll take a look at the loss to Port Adelaide, and it really was it was the first half with uh, absolutely everything. Um, we had all the run of play and dominated pretty much every aspect of the game early, but unfortunately failed to translate that dominance into scoreboard pressure and only led by 14 points at the main break. The first half was was really good. I, I thought we carried on the performance from the uh, the game against West Coast really well. I thought the, the pressure was up, um, you know, a little bit fumbly. It was it was a bit slippery, but I thought I thought we were we were certainly on track to uh, to to notch up another W. Yeah, absolutely, Mads. I'm uh, I'm I'm right there with you because I mean, if you take a look at the inside fifty count, uh, twenty at twenty to seven, and the clearance is fifteen to six. Uh, we were smashing them in the first quarter, uh, and then all throughout the uh, the first half. But um, sadly, they uh, they really came out with a bit of substance in that second half. They certainly did. Uh, and gee, we fumbled and bumbled a lot in that second half, and mm-hmm. very untidy, missing targets by hand and foot, uh, out of congestion. The boys are just slapping it on the boot to no one, and uh, dropped a few sitters uh, so but- often, and scrubbers along the ground, oh, especially one from Josh Kennedy. Mm. No good mm. at all. And yeah. perhaps most disappointingly, missed a lot of tackles and weren't able to pull up, apply yeah. any real significant pressure to Port Adelaide's uh, prime movers after half time. Port, on the other hand, were really crisp and they both out pressured and outskilled us in the second half. And very unswans like we leaked seven goals in that third quarter. It yeah. really, it really was a game of two halves. Sorry to use an old adage, wasn't it? It, it was just polar opposite in the second half. They started smashing us in clearances, mm. smashed us in the ruck. If you can't get first hands on the footy, it does make it hard. It certainly does. And um, I think, Tommy, you, you, you hit the nail on the head there. There was just too much fumbling. Yep. We just, we quite simply put, we just were not clean enough, no. unfortunately. Uh, and they from, were. Yeah, 100%. And we're, we're also, they, they, there was certainly a lot of pressure in that first half. I thought that the, uh, it was a pretty hot footy. Um, but even just when we'd find that half a second extra... I felt we were still overcooking kicks. Uh, we were still dropping marks. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, as we've referred to in uh, some earlier conversations, Mads, we were just a bit too one-dimensional going forward. Yep. And, and that's been my, my bugbear um, for a while now. I mean, it's all good, all well and good for Buddy to kick eight. But uh, it doesn't always go your way and you need other options. 
because you can't beat... Well, I mean, Buddy can sometimes, <laughs> but you can't always beat three guys hanging off you, can you? And I think a lot of kudos has to go to Port for the for the pressure that they applied in the second half and, and also their ability to absorb our pressure in the first half, not allowing us to get to a 4-5-6 goal lead at any yes. stage. Even though we were clearly looking the better side in that first half, unfortunately our inability to capitalise on our good form really hurt us after halftime. You're spot on there, Tommy. Yeah, absolutely spot on. We just could not. We had so many opportunities to to get four goals up, didn't we? Yeah, we definitely did. Uh, to touch on what you were saying, Tommy. I mean, we we spoke last week about the caliber of player that that Travis Boak is, and how much we'd love to have someone like him on our side. Mm. Um, and you've only got to look at uh, at at the first couple of minutes of uh, of the second half when effectively the game was there to be won. He didn't and need long, did he? He didn't. Not only did he put two on, but he had four other score involvements yeah. within the first uh, first five to ten minutes of that second half, and really just got his team going. It was a uh, a pretty inspiring effort. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll touch a bit on bit more on Port in a second, but it was identified straight after the game that those basic skills and fundamentals and disciplines of the game were what really let us down. And Isaac Heaney alludes to that in this bit of audio here. You look at, um, we had four, 34 inside 50s to, to 14 in the first half and we just couldn't convert. Our, um, our skills were well off and I think the fumbles were through the roof. So um, basics were, were well down tonight. Isaac Kenny there. As I touched on before, Port excellent absorbing that pressure in the first half. But when the tables turned after half time, they were making plays and we weren't able to keep our composure with ball in hand and absorb their pressure. It's something we've been historically excellent at, but it was clearly lacking in the second half on Sunday. And absolutely right, Tommy. And there's no uh, better example of that than Dane Rampey yep. running, uh, running towards Port's goal. He should have rushed it. He ended up gifting Chad Wingard a goal, which certainly, again, swung momentum their way. Did you, did you see Chad thank him afterwards? Yeah, he gave him a little pat on the mm. head there. And there was, it yeah. wasn't... Gee, I really didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't... I, a, I didn't, I, I didn't like it because, uh, Dane, if you talk about uh, who's your man... Well, Millsy's mine, but I tell you, Dane Rampey is an extraordinarily hunt. close second. Um, and so not only do I hate seeing Chad just bend over and give him a little tap on the shoulder, but I personally also I don't love seeing that from an opposition. Uh, that's, that's for mine, sort of under-14s, under-16s footy stuff. But uh, I think at, the, uh, at that level of the game, I think... Personally, I'd like to see a guy like Chad Wingard maybe have a bit more, bit more class. He he hadn't had a lot to do with the with the game up until that point as well. He so, really didn't. Yeah. He really didn't. Unfortunately, is... that is, incident wasn't isolated. Just before yeah. halftime, I remember Millsy floated a suspect handball about 15 metres out yeah, from defensive goal, which Melican then fumbled yep. and Wingard swooped and goal. So it happened a couple of times. Uh, just after halftime, there was a two-on-one with Grundy and Melican against Watts in a marking contest about 20, 25 from home. Uh, neither impacted the ball or Watts physically, and he just waltzed around and set up a goal for Boak. So that was, Far it was a, too often it was that happened. A few times it happened. Halfway through the third quarter, Marshall, Boak and Bonner combined to slip through Grundy and Smith at the 50 and then sent it long towards goal. As you mentioned, it's the one before. Rampy there to save the day, yep. but uncharacteristically drops the uncontested mark and then attempting to pick it up off, off the deck, he just drops it onto Wingard's foot. So that's that's very, yeah, There's one... one other one that you may not have had down there. Who his name escapes me? Who was having the shot from the boundary? Um, and there was absolutely no one goal side, and it just Todd uh, Marshall. Marshall. Grundy yeah, it got outmarked by yeah. Marshall, yeah. and yeah. then 
There was no one goal side. Mm. It was such a low ball that he hooked around the corner. And yeah, no one there. Very uncharacteristic uh, from our back six. Probably wasn't their best performance. And then the Florent, he had a great game, but the 50-meter penalty he gave away to Polek in the last quarter, being inside the protected zone, that really hurt us as well. Cost oh, us I don't, yeah. don't get around that rule just quietly. Absolutely. Uh, it's probably... Uh, yeah, look, we won't... Uh, look, we won't, we won't dwell on the rules, on the rule book and the interpretations, but um, look, I mean, you, you mentioned, Tommy, um, that it probably wasn't their, their best game, our back six. They just probably weren't quite tight enough. And... Arguably, that's that's the difference when you compare it to the first half where we had all the running and Port's back six, uh, as young as they are, as they are, uh, were able to effectively absorb pretty much everything what? that we threw at them. I mentioned last week uh, Port had a relatively no-name back six, and I hadn't had a look at a lot of their individuals, but they were fantastic. They, uh, it was a really absorbing contest. Young uh, Dougal Howard, who played a great game on Bud, Bud was probably our best player but um, I've thought the influence that still Howard, late four still, yeah. still late four still, still kick four and, and, and the impossible goal around his body and, and threatened to break the game open for us but uh, inside or outside 50 hard, it was hard to tell at the time yeah, it's hard to tell the SCG usually but young uh, Doogie, Doogie Hauser Doogie Hauser from, uh, from Port Adelaide he was important as anything to Port's chances of winning on Sunday and stayed with Bud all over the ground he was really up for the scrap in the air I thought and had a great effort if Bud had got off the leash and Ended up kicking another eight instead of just the four. We probably go on to win that game. So a lot of kudos has to go to Howard and the Port back six. I'm glad you bring that up because we can't rely on that every week. That's that's the whole point. We're not going to win a flag with Buddy kicking eight every week. It's just not going to happen, Benny. Is it? No, it's not. But uh, um, I can certainly tell you got a bit of bit of a bear in your bonnet here, Matt. So I want you to elaborate a little further on this. It's it's basic football. You've got. X amount of defenders, X amount of forwards. If you're just kicking it to the one forward, where do you think the defenders are going to go? Now, theoretically, this means that you've got players loose, but it was just the sort of game where it was very congested. It was very hard to get space, so it wasn't didn't really work the way it should have, but we just need another marking forward. And, and uh, you know, that so naturally is Sam Marine. Have we got another yeah, one? Yeah, we, we oh, got ready, one. ready. He's injured most of the time, but um, he's there, and he he needs to he really needs to step up. This is his opportunity. He does. I, I'm right there with you. Uh, purely based on from a from a structural yeah. perspective, like you say, I think we uh, we really need that second tall, uh, not only up forward but also there with sinkers. And even if you do have Reedy in the side, though, there's an issue with our efficiency going inside Absolutely. 50 and our lack of pressure inside forward 50. We laid four tackles inside the forward 50 on mm. the weekend. That's just not enough. Very not uncharacteristic enough. for us as well. Yeah. Unblood-like. Un- so Port had 10 more tackles inside their forward 50 than we did in ours. Our efficiency inside forward 50, they went at 56%. We went at 46%. So. And, and that snowballs, right? So they're tackling us three times as much. We get more tired. And then you miss the run of Jones, who wasn't there. Gary Rowan wasn't doing much. So we, we miss out on the, that little burst that we can get from players like that. So it, it all just snowballed, really, didn't it? It was a pretty average second half. Sadly, it did. Um, and the, it, it just felt to me that after 
pushing as as hard as we did in that uh, in that first half, and as fruitless as we were, mm. I suppose, for our efforts. Uh, to see it swing back the other way was quite tough to swallow. Very quickly too. Yeah, absolutely. To be so on top in the in the contested possessions and the clearances to all of a sudden not having an answer that was again unbloodlike. Well, yeah. I thought possibly Horse may allude to it later when I play a bit of an audio clip, but uh, the players in the midfield seem to um, rack up a lot of minutes on ball, whereas Port were able to rotate players through their uh, on-ball stocks a fair bit. So Heaney, Parker, uh, Kennedy, these guys may have got a touch tired towards the end of the game. That's uh, a really good point, Tommy. Um, and Hanabry was probably underdone Exactly. As well. and, and, yeah. and, and their bigger bodies, like we rate our big body midfielders, but Wines, Brad Ebert, Rockliffe, even the makeshift Ruckman, Westhoff and Dixon, they're very physical in the ruck, big physical guys. And, and the jostling work around the packs made it really hard for us to get any clean runs at the loose ball. And um, therefore, Heaney and Lloyd got less of it because our inside mids weren't able to feed it out to them and they had a much more limited influence on the contest. So um, a few things to work on there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, uh, to be honest, Tony, I don't really have too much to add to that because <laughs> yeah, you've that, quite, was, you, that was quite comprehensive. Yeah, I was about to say, that really is comprehensive. Quite comprehensive, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I just reckon that uh, by the time, as you say, they'd rotated through all of their mids, you, you're Robbie Gray's. Um, I thought that... Um, Ollie Wines' this game was just yep. phenomenal. I thought that was as good as you are, uh, as oh, yeah. you will see. Let's make no mistake, though. Port of the real deal, I reckon. Yeah, yeah I'd, yep. I'd definitely agree with that for sure. They've got yeah. a very talented list, and once guys like Rockliffe really hit their straps, and they've got a deep list too. Rockliffe is a freak. He is. He's a freak. As, as soon as they got the momentum on the weekend, their their smaller brigade, I thought, were much quicker with their, their thinking through things than, than our boys were. Pretty classy operators, the likes of uh, Watts, Wingard, Motlop, their, their new fellas that they've brought in, Watts and Motlop. Todd Marshall, I think, is a fantastic kid. Riley Todd Bonner Marshall. off halfback is pretty handy. Yeah. Quick, yeah. mate. They yeah. are, they're, they're really quick, Port. Uh, you look at you look at the combination of, of of what they've pulled together in terms of inside outside mids, um, the the height that they can go with in their forward line, along with how how small they can yeah. go, and in, 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 in effect, effectively what they did to us uh, at the start of that uh, second half. Um, they've uh, they've got a bit of a winning formula. Absolutely, they do. They do, and they. People underrated them, and it was a big risk recruiting the players that they did. You know, you when you go, absolutely chuck money here, chuck money there. You don't know how it's going to come together. Yeah. These people haven't been together, but it's, Ken Hinckley, it was he was on sort of last chance, mm. and I think he might mm. have pulled it together. I bet very early though, very we, early. We hope so. We hope so. Tommy, you alluded earlier to Ollie Florent. Yep. And this is someone who we had a bit of a discussion about last week and what we want to see. Well, for mine, takeaway, obviously, yeah, uh, somewhat, I suppose, ill-disciplined 50-meter penalty. Um, I was ecstatic with his game uh, yep. on, on Sunday. Yeah, it's shining light. A uh, bit of a breakout game for Ollie. I would have thought 20 disposals, 10 contested, 410 metres gained up from the 62 that he gained last week against the West Coast Very Eagles. Very nice. That, Tommy. Um, Absolutely. And showed plenty of that class and polish that we're looking for from him. Um, it stood out for me in particular because it was wet and slippery, as we've mentioned a couple of times, and he made it look easy. Well, well that, that's what impressed me, Tommy. I'm absolutely with you, 
Ben, I was I was ecstatic because I, I really rate him. And the fact that he was able to put together a game like that under the pressure that everyone was under, you saw a lot of players older and better than he is, you know, occasionally wilt under the pressure and he, he stood up, looked really composed, but as you said, yeah. really dribbled. Yeah. You could absolutely say uh, that Sydney, on the whole, didn't really have a four-quarter game, uh, four game, but... Ollie Florin, I would say, is an exception to that. I thought that his, his, his intensity uh, uh, in attacking every single sort of ball, whether it be uh, contested or uncontested, mm. mate, uh, I was mm. absolutely thrilled with his, how he, his uh, he came through. Sensational. Th- there was what one bit of the play. The perfect term, mm. Mads. The perfect term. <laughs> there was one bit of play on the wing in the third quarter where the loose ball looked like it was Westhoff's for all money, and then Ollie just somehow broke worked, the shepherd. Yeah. He broke the shepherd and yeah. got in. Trapped and it, broke the shepherd, as you said, and then took off, burnt Westhoff and the other uh, incoming port defender yeah. who was trying to get him as well, and then spotted up the one on one with Bud. It's very slick. Yep. I loved it. Absolutely, and uh, hopefully a sign of uh, his potential and things to come. So, well, that's that's obviously a pro from the game. A couple of other pros, uh, Harry Cunningham, I think uh, we oh, have to mention him. Harry, Harry, Harry probably did did enough to to keep his spot. I know on the uh, on the old True Bloods Facebook page, there's been uh, a few people saying that he probably doesn't deserve to get a game. I certainly think he does. Ben, what do you think? Oh, how do you get rid of him how based on that effort? Him? I mean, you, he, you could argue he's one of the only blokes that came to play four quarters. Mm. Yep, 21 touches and a goal. He's added another level of grunt uh, to his game, which you need to do yeah, to absolutely. lock down a Much more physical position, I thought. Yep. Much more physical. Yep. And as we know, we can play important roles in all three thirds of the ground, so I'm really happy for him. He's, he's so worked, worked hard for his spot, mm. and he's going to have it now. It's got a bit of pace. We oh. like a bit of toe. We, like, we love a bit of turn of foot on we the uh, Triple H podcast. We do indeed. Uh, Con's probably... Well, there's a couple, but Everything. the ones that we've already we've we've effectively yeah. covered already touched on them. Yeah, just too ma- too many basic errors in the defensive half. Back six a little bit off. Uh, got out tackled. Um, uh, their, their pressure was fantastic. Ours dropped off after half time, yep. um, and we probably needed a bit more from that front half. Papley, Haywood, Rowan uh, to generate a little bit more scoreboard pressure and uh, pressure on the ball carrier out of half back. We didn't get a lot of that, so they're probably the main um, cons from the game. I would have thought. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, don't want to dwell on too much because I'm also I'm also wary that it's only round two, and uh, I'm not going to draw any conclusions for mine, Mads. I think that uh, Sydney are notoriously a slow starting side, not nine six starting no. side, but uh, it, it certainly I would certainly give Sydney up until round six to eight before we start to hit our straps. You sort of, you sort of give everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, up, to, up to those rounds. I mean, you've got to, as we said with Port, I mean, they've got a lot of guys who have never played together to really sort of start performing. To gel. As a, to perform as a unit, to gel. Perfect. Um, takes takes a bit of time and it takes a lot of coaching and a, a lot of training and a, and a lot of game time to, to be able to actually operate at a high level. So you you, you don't, you take you take a lot of, a, a lot of sort of improvement aspects in these games, but you don't worry too much, I don't think. As you said, Benny, it is just round two, but that didn't stop one reporter from asking Horse a question about tired players. We'll have a listen <laughs> a brave to... brave man. <laughs> a brave individual. <laughs> have a listen to Horse's response now. Hard to, hard to say, but you know, part of it's also about you know, when you are on top uh, and you do have some momentum, you've got to make sure you you convert that a bit more. So you got to, Teams are going to have some momentum in certain parts of the game. And even if they, when they got the momentum in the in the third quarter, 
sometimes that happens. You don't want them to kick seven goals, clearly. But sometimes that happens. And you need to be able to hopefully be a bit, bit more in front, like we should have been at half-time, but also um, in that last quarter. And we got within four points, I think. And then, you know, so we got back and then just then just didn't continue on. Horse there. And he touched on the fact that we got pretty close in that last I quarter. I was just about to say. Dean, Dean Towers. Dean put, Towers kicked a beautiful very big pressure goal. And, yeah, as the horse said, took it back to four points at that point. And, um, yeah, it was a telling moment. That uh, that towers. I love goal. when Dino kicks a goal, Benny. I and love it. Tommy, are you a uh, you a bit of a fan when old Dino gets up I and about? Do. I love Dino. How could you I'll, not think? I love How Dino. He co- he cops too much flack for the unbelievable role that he performs for. He's such a selfless player. Yeah. I'm hoping um, he turns into a bit of a cult. Favorite. He's the next LIT, surely. Yeah. Oh, surely. Yeah, probably a bit too much polish. To be an LRT, <laughs> if I dare say so. But just as effective. But um, I don't yeah. think anyone's ever said Dean Towers has too much polish, to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Called out. Hopefully Called out. It. Dino, I need you to back me up here, mate. If you're listening, I need you to just uh, give us a bit of razzle-dazzle this weekend, <laughs> I reckon. So we turn our attention to the votes, and one vote for me has to go to Harry Cunningham. This is a five-four-three-two-one system that we do here on True Bloods. Harry Cunningham, the one vote for me, uh, 21 disposals, kicked one goal, one. Looked really calm and assured and uh, had that extra level of grunt, which I mentioned earlier, and uh, he's solidifying his spot in the side finally, which is fantastic to see for Harry. Yeah, and look... You can't really steer away from that, can you? He was fantastic, as we said. Uh, two votes to Ollie Florent as well. Yep, uh, for all the reasons. Well, I mean, look, they're, they're all our man. They're all our <laughs> I man. Think, yeah, they? I think that's that's become apparent that we... we uh, that we, we've got a soft spot for all of them. <laughs> yeah. For all their quirks. Uh, but look, two votes for Ollie for all the reasons that we mentioned. Uh, just the, the intensity that he bought for four quarters. Uh, 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 a breakout game, we hope, for uh, for Ollie. Uh, three votes would go to a man that we probably haven't spoken about much this evening, but uh, and, and with fair reason, he didn't have one of his standout games. But I mean, for for not having a stand up game, you've got a guy who gets thirty three disposals, um, and that's a quiet game from Mister Joey Kennedy. Twenty. To- 20 contested, eight clearances uh, to boot on top of that as well. So, yeah, a quiet game by his quite, standards, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but, but uh, he's that good. But he really, you, you feel that he didn't have the impact that he usually does. Yep. yep. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, the four votes are going to go to the same bloke who got four votes last week, and that is Luke Parker, 20 disposals, 17 contested, 12 clearances, six tackles, 31 pressure acts, if you don't mind, and a goal. He's a star, this man. Absolute contested bull. And uh, he's leading from the front at the start of 2018. Oh, yeah. Certainly is. Certainly is. And I'll just never get tired of that scoreboard impact. I'll never get tired of it. I just love that he he can deliver on the, on the pressure acts, as you say. But he also goes forward and he's reliable. So well balanced. He's got a great mouse. Just before we get to the five vote, maybe that is an idea for future weeks, resting a Parker or a Kennedy as a more permanent forward if we're not getting the forward pressure out of the forward pack. Those guys can go forward to great effect and be really damaging as uh, lead-up targets in the forward half. Wholeheartedly agree, Tommy. I think that's what Haney is 
a perfect candidate for, to be honest, because he spent most of the you know the first two years up there. So I think you should be on the coaching panel, frankly, Tommy. If if we can rotate those guys through the the forward pocket or half forward slot and just give that little bit of extra help to Bud with those experienced bigger bodies, it probably allows us to bring a Mills into the midfield. Definitely. It probably gives us a chance to uh, trial a Newman or, or someone like this in the midfield, maybe bringing a Lear back into the side. It just changes the mix a little bit mm. in that forward half and opens up opportunities for players to fit in elsewhere. Uh, and the, the five votes, the big five, and once again, like Parker, is the same as last week. Big buddy Franklin. Always the barometer. Al Franklin. Five Always. Votes. Frank the Tank, Always wasn't the man. he just fantastic? I don't know about you guys, but my God, when that ball came barreling into the 50 and I saw him one out with uh, Dougal Howard. Doogie Howser. Doogie Howser. I just felt so sorry for that poor little mm-hmm. boy. Oh, he was. And did you see the way that he reached in for it? Yep. And Buddy just said, yep. no, nope. no, mate. Won't no, no, mate. be having any of that. That's not how this works. Yeah. <laughs> this is my goal square. Correct. No surprises there, Tommy. No surprises no. there. Five for the big uh, for the big bud. And he'll keep doing it. He will. He just needs support. All right. We might uh, go to our first break here on True Bloods. The Port Adelaide loss has been wrapped up. We've got plenty more coming after this. <laughs> You're listening to True Blood, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. Welcome back to True Blood. Now, we've got a big clash coming up this week, Saturday evening at the SCG against the GWS Giants, the arch rivals. Prime time. The the Battle of the Bridge, and we will get into our preview of that match shortly, but... uh, First things first, we'll have to uh, get into a little bit of social interaction, as we do like to do in our second segment every week. And um, First things first, let's have a look at our knockout competition, the greatest swan of the past 25 years. And the first battle has been run and won. Brett Kirk, 65%, 259 votes in total. Wins from Jude Bolton, 35%, 139 votes. So Jude, unfortunately for the Jude fans, is out. Now, we, I said it on the, uh, on the first one, but that was fraught with controversy. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, uh, you pitted two absolute stalwarts of the club against each other, and people weren't happy, Tommy. You've just put Rafael Nadal up against <laughs> Roger, Roger Federer. Federer in the first Correct. round of the uh, the Australian Open there, yeah. Tommy. Oh, no, boys. It's it's a big one, but it, it had to be done at some point. There are some big names in this competition. It's a competition. dirty job, but someone's yeah, got to so do it, Mads. Someone is Tommy. So, Glad it's not me. No, Don't know you, mate. Bugger that. Right. So, so the faithful have spoken. 325 games, 196 goals, two premierships and a Madden medal. Not good oh, enough. Oh, no, not good enough. Not anywhere near good enough. In fact, 30% not good enough. I exactly thought. right. Jude Bolton uh, goes down, but but we love Jude. We still love Jude. Uh, and the winner, of course, Brett Kirk. 241 games, 96 goals, two, 2005. Premiership player, co-captain uh, for that premiership, as we all remember, and, and a two-time Skilton medalist. And let's not forget one cracking intro to our 10's Saturday football coverage. <laughs> Channel 7's, but let's not go there. Oh, was there. it Channel 7's? Was <laughs> it bloody hell? Lucky there. Channel 10. Let is, let's not go there. But we can use it as a stinger, maybe, one week. Captain Kirk, he, uh, he was the embodiment of, uh, of the Bloods culture, mm. 
uh, and one of uh, the architects, along with uh, Stewie Maxfield, etc., around setting up... Paul Ruse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Around setting up uh, what has been uh, become arguably the most revered culture mm. in, uh, in the AFL. Correct. So he gets up Kirky and moves through to the next round, and in the next round, once we eventually get there, he will take on the winner of the next battle, and the next battle is... Big, bad, bustling Barry Hall versus <laughs> Magic Mickey O'Loughlin. Bloody O'Loughlin. hell, you've done it again. It's another one. People are going to be furious. So get your vote in this week oh. for Hawley or Mick. Good Lord. They're not going to vote again. No, they were saying they weren't going to vote. They're going to do it again, but we'll see. We'll see. It's big. It's a big That's one. Big. Greatest swan of the last 25 years competition on yeah. Facebook. You can well, vote now. Get into it. Um, and there was another social question that we posed to the uh, to the True Bloods faithful this afternoon. And uh, we're asking everyone, what changes would you make for our round three clash against the Giants? Had plenty of responses. There's very uh, active supporter base wanting to uh, have a chat about this. Uh, Meetab Singh said, uh, Reed must provide... Uh, Reed must come in to provide another target in the forward line. You've and- been reading my diary, Meetab. And Rowan must be considered to be dropped as he has been near useless mm. in recent games. Very aggressive uh, line of thought on Gary Rowan Very from Meetab. Very aggressive. Hard to argue with that, though. It is, but I also think that Gary Rowan is hard done by. I think he's quite hard. I think he is, and I know, I've, I think we've touched on this before, mm. he is much, much maligned. Oh, yes. But uh, yeah, I think that, I think there's a place for Gary. I think there's a place for Gary. Oh, 100% there's a he's place a for Gary. He's a hard head, he's quick, and he's, Is it against he's got a bit GWS, of He's got an ass for, uh, for, for, for the goals. But um, No one's letting up on Gary, though. Uh, Jonah Duckworth. Rowan can take his seven touches a game straight to the expletive <laughs> Neafel. Um, so, Jonah not happy with what Gary's providing. Can I, can this game back. I love the passion. I've got a good I one. I love the passion. I've got a good one here. Round two, mind you, round two. Keep that in mind. Jared Lloyd Zara in Stuart Jew out Longmire. Oh. That is, that is oh, absolutely a... outrageous, I would have thought, Ben. Yeah, look. But Stuart Jew's doing well, isn't he? I... Uh, he is, he and, we, and, Two and we love we love Stewie Jew. Well, we uh, well we had him. Great but, man, Stewie. Uh, um, call for Longmire's head after one loss. After uh, after grand finals and preliminary finals and hell. his worst effort last year people, in a, a semi final. People weren't even calling for his head after Owen Sinks, mm. <laughs> and he's calling uh, for it now. There you go. So, uh, Jared. Yeah. You're a, you're a tough cookie to crack, but we'll see how we go. Uh, Dean Spanos with one that I agree with here. Dean Spanos. Dean Spanos says, <laughs> sack the person responsible for letting Tom Mitchell slip through our fingers. That's, you know it's what? Not a bad, it's not a bad comment there from 20, Dean, considering 20 how hindsight. Yeah, hindsight is 2020. It's easy, easy to see how silly that was. Absolutely, now. absolutely. 94 but, disposals in two games. He remember also, as I made the point earlier, our midfield was looking at at the time Parker, Kennedy, Hanabry, Heaney, Heaney, amongst others that are rotating through. Who who else are you going to get who, rid of? Well, I'm not going to put I'm not going to put a guy like that in a forward pocket. You know, I mean, personally, 
He was he was he the was weakest the out he of the was, at the yeah. time. He was the one to go. Definitely, he was Definitely. the one to go. It was the right choice. Mate. He was commanding more dollars than any of the other players that you mentioned as well. Mm, absolutely. absolutely, probably because he knew he could get ninety four disposals in two games. But <laughs> we'll leave that one alone. Maybe it had something to do with sixty four touches <laughs> in the naval. Sixty four and four, I think. One, one more on this one, Ian Trevor Baker. I, I could get sixty four in the naval, I reckon, Benny. <laughs> Ian, Ian. Jez, I hate to see what you and I do coming out of the mids into the forward line. Tell you what, cause a bit of damage. I'll go on the ruck just for a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah, there you go, you rotate out of the ruck. Uh, last one on this one uh, from Ian Trevor Baker. Uh, Cameron in, so Sinclair can go forward more. Don't mind the idea of that. Well, I somebody else said McCartan. I reckon McCartan. Yeah, yep. baptism by fire. Let Absolutely. Him, let him play the Giants. See how he goes. What's the worst could happen? Exactly. He puts in a he puts in an effort like Paddy. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> Sorry, Paddy, if you're listening. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening. I'm not your biggest fan. <laughs> Good he lord. Did, he, he didn't have a great day on the weekend. He Paddy, didn't against he didn't, uh, North Melbourne. None of the uh, none of the St Kilda Saints. So nothing did, really. nothing uh, nothing out of the ordinary then for Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh poor old Paddy. Will he wow. ever get it together? Um Another social question we posed during the week is, if he's declared available for selection, does Aaliyah make a return to the seniors? If so, which role does he play? Back, wing, or second ruck? Discuss. And there was a bit of discussion uh, off the back of that. A um, bit of engagement. Yeah, a little bit of engagement. Kristen, we don't mind that, do we? Kristen Grundy jumped in and said, in all honesty, I feel like Aaliyah would add more depth if he played as a second ruck. So... Uh, couple, uh, Craig That's Smith. what you've always said, Tommy. Craig Smith also echoes that sentiment. Second ruck slash back. Uh, Brenton Hinks says second ruck slash defender. So there's a bit of uh, support for the second ruck role well, for Aaliyah. He's arguably more athletic than Dino. So Arguably. Uh, the, uh, I don't think it's up for debate. There's a, a, <laughs> a mild amount of sarcasm in that. Um, why not? I, I don't, what's, what's keeping him out at the moment, Tommy? Well, I'm not sure if his ankle's right for one. Um, if that's 100%, then there's got to be um, a way back in for him. We'll have to find a way back in for him if he's in good form. And then Surely the they're still not dealing with the, the behavioural stuff from last year. Surely not. I wouldn't think so. Uh, he, he played in the JLT um, and, and looked like he was yeah. in yeah. a pretty good headspace. I'd... I'd be quite surprised if mm. if there was still a disciplinary uh, reasoning behind his absence. But um, race him back, as yep. far as I'm concerned. Yep. I want him in the side, and I want to start seeing what he can do. Um, we know that he can be a bit brazen when it comes to marking and playing on. But, but if he's not in the back line, that doesn't really matter. Correct. Exactly right. Let's get him up on a wing and yep. get him... Just get, get him, him running. Looping. Get him roaming. Absolutely roaming. Put him in a paddock, Matt. <laughs> Put him in a paddock, Tommy. Well, what if you have sinkers at full forward and then you have a Lear and Towers exactly. to that's share the in thing. the ruck juice? That's the thing. The, the big clunk. That's the big... Why not? And then you solve the forward issue. Yep. And I'm a happy man because Buddy's got some assistance. I'm 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 happy as is every other Swan supporter because Alir is just darting around doing his mm. thing, roaming. <laughs> Another one that we uh, <laughs> raised on the True Bloods during the week. George Hewitt played his fiftieth game against the Power. Uh, what have been what have been some of the 
favourite highlights from the Young Gun uh, and uh, the responses that we got on that one is Specky on McGovern. Last oh, that week was, was oh, that's, that was mine. That was huge. It's <laughs> the only one you can remember. But yeah, it was huge. What a statement! Wasn't it? What a statement! Yeah. Uh, good replacement for Tommy Mitchell. Won't get as many touches, but will kick more goals. Absolutely, says James. Can't Absolutely, can't argue with that, James. Poor old Tommy Mitchell being kept out of the side. <laughs> Just being kept out of the side at the moment. Probably still wouldn't get a gig, to be honest. No, I, yeah, probably not. Wouldn't fit. Wouldn't wouldn't you'd, really you'd be, fit the description of what we need at the moment. You'd be getting 150 down at the needle. And Setting Jay- records. <laughs> Jason Lynch, uh, he was another one who jumped in and said, George playing like he's got 150 under his belt. Go, Bloods. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Clap, 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 clap. Bloody so, oath. A few emojis in there for Jason, and he, he was very happy about George's work. Right, oh, well, let's go to one more break, fellas, and then uh, after we come back... Let's take a look at our big matchup with the Giants this Saturday. You're listening to True Bloods, the number one independent Sydney Swans fan podcast. Um, we, uh, we we won't know until he actually trains or, or attempts to train on on Thursday. So we, we're not sure yet. We're going to give him until then, obviously, to, to see how he pulls up. Um, Hanbury pulled up fine. He was um, it was the same knee he had in the grand final a couple of years ago. So it was a bit concerning when it first happened, but um, he's uh, probably dodged a bullet there. So he's, uh, he feels really good. Um, so so he'll be okay. And Sam Reid, at, at this stage, we expect to play. Bloody better. Well, that's horse there. Talking about a couple of players uh, that could potentially come in this week. Sam Reid, Zach Jones. Uh, Hannah seems fine after the weekend. And um, they'll be big ins if we can get Jones and Reid back into the side for the clash against the Giants. Huge. Yeah, absolutely. It's and essential. It, there's the word, Mads. Essential. Tommy? Vital. Vital. Yeah. Absolutely vital, Tommy. Pivotal. It's it's going to be a tough game. Well, look in a in a side that is as quick and as silky as the uh, the Gorse have been over the last sort of year Gorse. or two. The Gorse. We're going to need the pace of a guy like Jones, and we're going to need the structural integrity mm. of uh, mm. of that second tool, as we alluded to earlier. We are. I you, you mentioned. Tommy, I want to run through GWS a little bit if we can. Now, you mentioned about their back six before, Tommy, and I thought it was very insightful. I'd like you to just run run our loyal listeners through what you thought there. Well, I think if Reed comes back in, that's going to be really important uh, to help against their back six. They've got plenty of um, big athletic blokes who love taking marks around the ground, the likes of... Uh, Rory Lobb, Phil Davis, Nick Haynes, Adam Tomlinson, Jeremy Finlayson, pretty handy, uh, tall, athletic types who love taking marks around the ground. So getting Reedy back in the side would be really handy. But where I think we could um, expose uh, the Giants is probably their bottom seven. Now, we've probably said this, oh, oh, oh. Said this about Port Adelaide last week. but We did. Uh, but uh, I probably hadn't had a close enough look at Port Adelaide compared to the Giants. Seen the Giants a fair bit and... 
Uh, players that played last week, Harry Himmelberg, Zach Langdon, Daniel Lloyd, Sam Reed. that's the giant Sam Reed, Rory Lobb, Aidan Kaur, and Matt DeBoer. That's, that's a bottom seven that I've uh, named there that I think... I wonder, what, wonder how they'd feel about that, Benny. Well, I mean, look, at the end of the day, they're still running around a paddock for a paycheck. So uh, <laughs> as, as much as we'd love to throw some, throw some dirt on them, uh, I reckon yeah. they're all still pretty handy footballers. Mm, and I would love to know just how many of those are from outside the top 10 drafts of their year. Correct. There'd be a couple, but uh, I'd say a few of those would be mm, in, inside mm, those, uh, those mm. high draft picks. But I feel like if... Well, their top ten, their top ten to twelve players is outstanding. You look at the likes of Cameron and Patton in their forward half. Toby Green, they're as dangerous um, as a proposition as any in the game. And Toby will be back this week. Uh, the the uh, midfield of Kelly, Cornelio, Shield, Whitfield, Ward, Deledio, uh, Heath Shaw at the back. Um, there's some pretty handy players He's there. A bit in of that. a general in defence, isn't he, old Heathy? He is Heath. Um, Lots to like about Heath. Love the way I, I he goes love, about I it. I love Heath. And a lot to like about the Giants. Uh, they're they're on and off though. Uh, when they're together, when they put it all together, they're pretty unstoppable. But a couple of their big names are down. They're nowhere near as frightening. But if we rock up half asleep and sloppy and let their bottom seven have any sort of influence on the contest, we could be in big trouble. Well, well, look. I mean, they played Collingwood on the weekend. Now, Collingwood, let's be honest, aren't very good this year, and they really stuck it up to GWS. So, I mean, in the uh, if it bleeds, you can kill it, mm. and mm. I think it, we can't we can't afford to to have the sloppy skills that we had against Paul. We just Absolutely we simply because we will get beaten by fifty points if that's the case. We, I think it will be in our first five to ten minutes. Mm. We well, really no. need to get on them, and it will be a long contest no matter what. Yes, uh, however. I feel like if we can get maybe two or three on the board on them, uh, get the jump on them, I think that's what's going to set us up best to uh, to run home. Without uh, doubt. Yeah. And if that is to happen, we must have our forward pressure back to its best this yep. week. And it needs to be Papley. Haywood, to, yeah. Rowan, Heaney. They need to be putting on the blocks, yep. putting on the tackles in the forward half and, and making that... Uh, at probably oversized Giants defence that I was mentioning before, really work hard at ground level because we've got the smalls that can mm. apply pressure to those guys. But if we allow them to control the game in the air, uh, we're, we're looking at big trouble. But Very true, Tommy. Very true. Green has got a bit of toe at times. He's an angry man. Uh, he's an angry man. But, geez, I would love to see Tommy Pathway just go straight to him. and uh, A little bit of a, a little meatball and just... Go and get a bit of body on body and just say, Toby, I hope, you, I hope you're ready for a contest, mate. Jezza Cameron is a big one for the Giants. Who goes to him? Gun. Is, is it Grundy or is he a bit too slow? No, it's, it, it has to be Dane, I think, yep. Tom. Yes. Yep. Grundy to Patton, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Truck to a truck. But again, uh, Patton's... Quite athletic for a big man Yeah, as he well. gets up the ground. That's, that's the problem. He does get up the ground. You don't want... Grundy sort of leaving the the back fifty, so it's that's going to be a headache. It is going to be a headache. Yeah, it is. Either absolutely. way you look at it. Yeah. Round sure. four last year, Jezza had twenty four disposals against us. He was in everything. He wasn't there. He wasn't playing as the Jay uh, Cameron. Jay Cameron had twenty four kick two. Wasn't playing as the dominant key forward yeah, that day, but right. he was mm. up the ground in the thick of everything. So we might see that again, especially if someone like a Grundy did go to him. Yep. 
He's a uh, he's a formidable force in the uh, in the forward line. Jeremy Cameron, lots to lots to like about him. A lot to like about him for a, for a big fella. He can move. Mm. Uh, he can move. Another one who's been on fire in the opening rounds is Stephen Cornelio, uh, back from injury oh, yeah. this year. Had uh, 27, Silk. seven clearances, Ooh. kicked three Silky goals against the Pies on the weekend and was he really stood up when the game was up for grabs. That, that was a tight, tighter contest than most people expected and Canelio was right there when uh, Giants players needed to be counted. Certainly did, was. Did you see him in the pocket of Punt Road? That was something pretty special. Just a little around the, uh, around the corner job on the boundary and made it honestly look like a training drill. Yep. So he's going to be one we might have to class. put some time into. That's the thing with their midfield. I think we sort of have to go head-to-head with them because you can't really target Shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you target, target Kelly, one, Kelly. someone else is jumping up. Kelly, so, Shield, Canelio, they all have to be uh, taken care of. So it's yeah. going to be a spread midfield effort to but, combat then. But yeah. you can't just go out there to shut them down. You've got to, you've yeah. got to be offensive yourself. Exactly, That's the thing. exactly right. And, I mean, also, remember, with all those great names, also goes along Luke Parker, Josh Kennedy, Isaac Heaney. Yep. Uh, Dan Hanabry. Dan Hanabry. You, they're looking at it going, well, oh, do, we, do we shut down... Joey Kennedy. Yeah. Well, if we do that, and Luke Parker's going to run a mark, he's going to run four, he's going to kick two or three yeah, goals. It. So, uh, I think along with that sort of head-to-head mentality is the fact that, yes, they've got about eight or nine blokes who can slot into their midfield. So, But you can't, have, you can't really have eight or nine blokes around a centre-bounce. Mm. So, uh, I I back in our mids as, uh, as we do every They've single week. Time and time again, there's no reason they can't do it this time. Correct. Um, but it, it will be a contest. Tommy, do you go head-to-head? Yeah, I would, I would say you back our mids to, to beat their mids one-on-one. Yep. Uh, as, as a group mentality, we go against their group and, and back our group to get the job done. It didn't work against Port Adelaide, but uh, you feel like after a rough second half against Port, they're going to be pretty in tune with their uh, cleanliness and, and skill level, the midfield group. Mm. So uh, I don't think we'll see a repeat of uh, a full half of uh, sloppiness like we did yeah. last week. We, uh, tend to, um, we tend to nip those things in the bud pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, take away the 0-6, but yeah. horse generally... If there's an he issue, knows what, what he gets needs addressed. to be resolved, yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, they, sure. they lose one, the Giants. Tom Scully out for three months with a broken ankle, uh, got his leg caught underneath his body and twisted in an awkward oh, tackle. Yeah, it's pretty yuck. Callum it's pretty Brown. Yuck. Yep. It was a uh, injury-riddled game, wasn't it? Was. it? Yeah. Tim Broomhead. Mm. Oh, it's a bad they, one. They wouldn't let's, even... not, let's not go there. I love a broken leg as much as the yeah. next guy, but I tell you what, watching his leg wrap around that post... Oh, they wouldn't even replay it. They wouldn't even replay it during the game. It that was, was shivers was down just... your spine. Uh, JPK had a couple of words today at the press conference with Callum Ward, John Longmire and Leon Cameron. Let's uh, have a listen to hear what Joey said. It's, uh, you know you're always in for a tough contest against the Giants and um, their ability to use the ball on the outside is obviously well noted but their inside pressure and their contested footies uh, up there with the best in the comp and, and certainly from our side perspective, we, we really need to set ourselves to to bring that area of our game and make sure it's at its best to, to match it with them. There's Josh Kennedy discussing the uh, the white ribbon clash um, against the Giants. It's going to be taking place, the Battle of the Bridge, uh, this Saturday afternoon 
uh, or Saturday night rather, at uh, 7.25 at the SCG. It's going to be an absolute beauty. And boys, it's that time of the week where we ask for our tips um, and a reason why you're going the way that you are. Do you want I, to kick us off, Benny? I'd, I'd, it'd be my pleasure. Oh, well, that's good. Well, uh, I won't be going against the Swannies, <laughs> obviously, for obvious reasons. Uh, it's going to be a really tight contest for mine. It's it's going it's hard in the sense to pick a winner um, outside the fact that obviously I am blindly loyal to to Sydney. Um, I really think, as I said, the first. Five to ten minutes is going to be pivotal Essential. for Sydney. Yeah, uh, they're going to. We, I really would love to see the boys get a get a jump on the early and try and build on that uh, and hold their lead as opposed to a uh, a tight contest sort of fought out until the dying stages. Um, but for mine, it is Sydney in a tight one. I reckon three kicks. Yeah, under a goal. I would say. I mean, it's very hard to elaborate on what you've you've said. You've wrapped it up in a nice, neat little package, Ben. Um, it's essential that a we don't let them get a couple of quick ones. That that's probably the most important thing, actually, because in those these sort of games with the big build ups, I think it's very easy for sides to get shell shocked if they have a couple kicked on them because it's meant to be really close, and if if one of the teams comes out, and that's what I think we could do to them realistically. If we if we come out, Buddy goes bang, Papley goes bang, all of a sudden a lot of momentum, and, and you know you take advantage of opportunities that we didn't last week. We we could really, it could be a really monumental victory for us. Yeah, for mine, if we can eradicate the fumbles um, and bring back that manic forward pressure that uh, we know that we can, uh, it'll be us, um, and probably by. Nine points, not much. I reckon, I reckon we'll just yeah, get over be, the line, yeah. but it, it needs to happen. That forward pressure needs to come back and none of that fumbly stuff that we saw in the second half oh, uh, on no. Sunday. Mm, Sydney uh, in a tight one for uh, for all of us. Oh, yes. And if we have Sydney a look a at a couple one. of the other key showcase games uh, in the round of round three, uh, Carlton versus Collingwood Friday night, MCG 750. Uh, crunch game for both these sides. Carlton. Carlton, do you reckon, gets the job done, Matt? Two kicks. Carlton by two kicks? Yeah, same for me. Crips. Love, love, Kerno. love them. And, ah, oh, jeez. I just still think Collingwood are rubbish. Yeah, they're garbage. I really like Carlton. I really, really like Carlton. They're on the way up. They're on the they way are. up, the Blues. Brendan Bolton's what do you, doing what do you think, good things. Tommy? Uh, I, Collingwood just, Ooh. just, Ooh. just get home. Going I against think. your old mob, Tommy. Yeah, no. Well, I did. <laughs> I really, I really, di- really didn't like what I saw from Carlton at Eddie Had against the Gold Coast Suns. Gold Coast are a pretty good side this year, but Ooh, there was a bit of dysfunction going on uh, with the with the Blue Baggers back six, and it wasn't all of a. Uh, I'm not saying they're big good. Fan. I'm just saying Collingwood are worse. Yes, mm-hmm. and they yeah. might be, but I just feel like um, they'll get pretty up and about for the old rivals this week. And, Fair and enough. The, the midfield engine room, the Pendlebury's, and the Trelaws, and these sort of blokes will, will get up and about and. Pies might just have enough to get it done. Uh, Port versus Brisbane, we're all going with Port, I would, I would imagine, after what they did to us on the weekend. Yeah, I will be. Uh, I still probably, like Brisbane. I still love them so much. Um, I want to say, though, uh, Port pretty comfortably. Yep. Uh, I reckon. They're a good side. At least six goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with the Ds to beat North. Saturday MCG 2-10. <laughs> 
Bit of a <laughs> After we sat here last week and we absolutely put North in the bin. Well done, North. Good on and you they turned around ah. and they've spanked another below average side. Big but Ben Brown. Benny Brown is not going to get ben it done Brown. on on the days. Wouldn't the days are going to bring this one Wouldn't home. it be gags if they did, though? The Suns are playing a home game in Perth. Against the Dockers at Optus Stadium. They've sold their home game. Um, I would too. That's a strange, strange decision that. So Frio basically gets a free whack. Two home games in a row at Optus, 2.35 on Saturday afternoon. And I'm going to go with Frio just because of the home ground advantage. (laughs) And the Suns have just coughed one up there. They're in pretty good form, but I reckon Frio might get them just because they've sold the home game. Frio looked pretty good last week. Good pressure. Yep. Really good pressure. They did. They did, especially after... We put him in the bin again. Oh, yeah. Uh, we said they were no good. And yeah. they obviously were tuning in. Yeah. And, uh, oh, Rossoir, Rossi Lyon, has I'd just like gone, to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this boy yeah. uh, something to talk about. I'd like to go back over those tips. I don't remember a lot of them, but it sounds like we got a lot wrong. <laughs> uh, I think we found... I, got, I, got I, think, I think a lot of people got to... Yeah, uh, I, I got tipping around. Well, here's the thing. I'm in, I'm in two comps. Oh, well, I'm doing the ESPN one and the AFL one. I'm in a couple of comps on the ESPN one. I got three, but the other one, I didn't put my tips in. So I got the away teams and I got five. Yeah, see, so I, so, I tipped and I got five and my ESPN... Oh, you got five. Thankfully, um, I changed my tip last week. I, re- I initially said July. You would have won the comp, surely. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm miles out in front yeah. after we're on the flexi... So I uh, I loaded up on West Coast mm. to uh, to knock off the doggies because mm. I thought that was a no brainer. Yeah. I loaded up on West Coast and on Hawthorne, and they both came through for me. So uh, I pulled through quite a few little little points uh, for the tipping. But can't um, quite fathom why we haven't got a tipping comp. But <sighs> we're too close. We are. And we often, we sit here and we pretty much all tip the same size. <laughs> um, so, what can we on again? Uh, well, the next one, I think we're all going to tip the same <laughs> as well. Yeah, we are. You couldn't possibly... Yeah, sorry, Freo. It's definitely Freo. Yeah, right? it's Freo. And for the next one, you couldn't possibly tip St Kilda to beat anyone they're taking on Adelaide. Yeah, especially when not. someone took a blowtorch to their membership at round two. Did you see that? Absolutely yes. berserk behaviour. Why wouldn't you after they served up that absolute garbage yes. against North? It was Nonsense yeah. for a good Friday. I have game. it on yeah. showcase game. I have it on relatively good merit that um, all is not that well at oh, St Kilda. It's, uh, it doesn't look that way. Doesn't look like they've got no, anything. Going particular right particular players on the outside yeah. of the playing group, and yep. it's always been very clicky. St Kilda hasn't it? Mm, mm, it has. Mm. It has got a culture of failure. Yeah, <laughs> Tommy, whack. Lord I know we won Almighty. in 2012, mate, but we're we're looking at this, a similar premiership yeah. run at the moment. So let's not uh, nail the nail the Saints too hard. Uh, Richmond versus Hawthorne Sunday MCG 110. This should be a beauty if the Hawks can bring it. Yes. Hawks, yeah, Hawks for mine Hawks, for sure. Hawks are a lot. I've said it all week, and people keep laughing at me. They're a lot better than people. Who, I reckon they'll go deep. Into September. Their forward six yeah. might be the best in the comp at the moment. Yep. Yeah. How good is Roughhead? Oh, he's unbelievable. He's How unbelievable. Good You'd just he? love and to have him on your side. Mate, I don't mean to be morbid, but he could very well not be here today. Yep. Yeah. And he has fought fought off... Played more minutes than any other Hawthorne player last year. 
That's that's the unreal stat. After what he went through, he played a more minutes superstar. than any other Hawthorne a superstar. Player. And uh, Richmond follow in the same vein as we uh, as we always know them to. And yeah, back to true form. Whilst Richmond. I wouldn't, whilst I wouldn't write them off in, on this occasion, I don't think you can ever write off reigning premiers. But um, no, it's it's the Hawks for yep. mine. The dogs are serving up some absolute junk at the moment. Percentage of 47, yeah. naught and 2. In oh, fact, 47. It's been two ugly, ugly weeks for the West oh. Dogs. In fact, Essendon are lucky that they come up against the Bulldogs this yep. week. I reckon they'll get they'll get let off. They won't get exposed for uh, some pretty average football that they play because they're going to get a win against uh, the worst side in the competition right now. You talk about issues happening down at St Kilda. Yeah. What is going on down at What's the happening out, yeah. down at Western Oval, Witten Oval? Jeez. I'll tell you what. About the only good thing that's come out of that football club in the last 12 months is um, Jake Stringer leaving. Yeah. <laughs> they they don't... I, it's, it's tough because, again, I, I really like the Doggies. I think they've got a very... Despite 2016, you know... It's in the past. They've got quite a similar story to, to Sydney's and South Melbourne's and they're they're a salt of the earth sort of footy club and just they just I, can't pull it together. On the weekend against the Eagles, they were just goals out the back. Dribble. They were just Eagles were just waltzing yeah. into open goals with no one putting any sort of pressure on. You saw guys who are incredibly talented, like say, a Joe Hanniston. JJ, yeah, just, Dalhouse. Well, Dalhouse just yeah. walking around, not yep. caring at all uh, you, for the cause. And, gee, if you're a Bulldog supporter, you've got to be disappointed in that. Senior players, just premiership players, oh, yeah. not, not giving anything. So, Bevo looks funny. a bit lost, too. He does. Would you... I, I didn't see the game. Uh, I would ask if, if you do you think that Bevo was out coached, and the reason I ask that is because Adam Simpson was not in the chair. No, no, it, I don't, and I don't mean it wasn't Bevo. No, it's not a coaching no, thing. It's a, it's a player effort. It's a player um, application issue mm, for mine. I, I, I saw some insipid efforts yep. from those senior Bulldogs players on the weekend and they should uh, hold their heads low I still that. hold Bevo accountable on that uh, to a degree oh. on that level I think no doubt but there's very little he can do once they're out there yeah it's oh, not no, a... absolutely yeah 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 yeah. in terms of attitude but I think yeah I think maybe not from a coaching perspective as such a, a tactician's uh, perspective but I think um, a man management perspective he's got he's certainly got some issues oh yeah and the last game is around west coast eagles taking on geelong sunday optus stadium that 240 be good It'll be the first time ever that two games are played at optus stadium in the one weekend with the uh the suns hosting freo as well geelong west coast for me they've been they've been one of the surprises of the year for mine uh they thought they were fantastic against us uh, backed it up against the Bulldogs away um, so they, they vindicated our thoughts about them against us last week with a yep. fantastic performance against the Dogs and they, they've got uh, some new exciting players uh, their, their old firm is really up and about um, the likes of Hearn uh, Yo McGovern these guys Shuey fantastic um, and there's there's senior players or semi-senior players that can't get a look into the side uh, Mark Hutchings um, is a player that 
been a handy role player for West Coast. Can't get in the side uh, at the moment. The depth in, across their 22 is too strong for a player like him to get in. Um, and I think when things like that are happening, all, all is going well over in Perth. And the Cats have been impressive. Um, just went down to the Hawks. It was a mighty effort. But uh, I feel like the West Coast on their home deck with the with the sirens blaring and the lights flashing and, and everything that goes on over that Coliseum at Optus Stadium. The disco. It might be too strong unless Danger and Gaz and Joel can pull out something special. Yeah, for mine, whilst I agree with your sentiments about West Coast there, Tommy, I think it is still Geelong. Geelong. They, let's not forget that Kidinia Park, I don't even know who the sponsor is. GMHBA. GMHBA Stadium. Yeah, Kidinia Park, I believe it's referred to traditionally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, How many names stadium? <laughs> it is. Uh, it's. It's a big ground. It it's is. a big ground, and I think it's going. It's a narrow ground, though. Yeah. It is. It is absolutely. Um, I am going to go with the cats, though, based on the fact that it's not out of the ordinary for them to go and play. On a bigger ground. Correct. So, for mine, I'm backing in uh, Danger Woodlet. Yeah, that's what, they're, that's what they're calling it. That's what they're calling um, it. And I saw saw them firsthand at the uh, Melbourne Cricket Club on uh, Monday. Was Monday, it? Yeah. You had a good spot, Matt. Just yesterday. I had a very good spot. I had a very good spot. And uh, Ablett was just demanding the footy. And it was good to see. I was a I was a bit of a he, critic of Ablett, but it was really, was, really, really good to see him run around the MCG, mm, and I, I will do it many, many times this season. I um, I was really impressed with mm-hmm. how Ablett sort mm-hmm. of rose to the occasion. Yep. Uh, I would certainly say, uh, how old is he now? Thirty four. About yeah, that. Be about that. Yeah. He's not as quick as he once no, was. No. And I noticed him get. Touched up just once or twice, but he, um, he, he he's kept going. but even still his poise whilst being tackled he still got those tree trunks. Yep. You, you don't bring and him he's down. Still easy. skillful, extremely skillful mm. and smart. Yeah, smart. Um, but yeah, no, I I I'm backing in the cats, Mads. I'd agree. So, Benny going with the Cats, and that is just about it for another week of True Bloods, the number one Sydney Swans fan podcast. Uh, Can the Mighty Bloods for this Saturday in the clash against the Giants, 7.25pm at the SCG, and make sure you check us out on all the social channels, iTunes, Wooshka, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks to Madison Clark and Ben Andrew for being here once again. Thank Tommy, you, Tommy. It is our absolute pleasure to be here with Indeed. you. Indeed. And my name Thank is you, man. Tommy Flanagan. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you next week on True Bloods Up the Swannies. This has been a Podular Media Production.